0: I'm sure you're so used to the hashtag podcast intros. So this is going to be a bit different. So it's obvious that we're going to be discussing STEM topics. But more precisely, we're going to be discussing STEM careers based on different thriving industries in Malaysia. today, we'll be talking about science and policy. Policy sounds like this really big word, but basically, policy gives people the opportunity to be glamorous in a career of science. I hope that sounded attractive. I mean, it does sound a bit attractive to me. I hope that is a bit attractive to you people, especially to those who are not interested in working in the lab or dealing with you know um, engineering plans or just working in the nitty gritty industrial stuff, which I also think is cool as well. But you know, we are here to tell people that there are other career opportunities where you can use your STEM expertise. Miss Aina is the CEO of Tech Up My, and she has this amazing robotic software, um, which is used to engage more students to be interested in learning STEM, and it's called Go TechUp. So yeah. Just this information alone sounds really cool to me. So if you want to know more, um, do listen into the episode. And another amazing individual we have is Dr. Sharon Nizam, who is the Head of Research, Communication and Visibility um, from UITM. And he's also um, very active in science communication by being the co-chair of Science Communication Working Group, Young Scientists at Network from the Academy of Science Malaysia.
1: So um, I deal a lot with uh, primary school students, uh, secondary school students, uh, college students, as well as educators in this space. One of the things that I notice is actually, like you said, is the fear mindset. So when we talk about STEM, the first thing that pops inside their mind is like, oh, it's difficult, it's hard, Uh oh, I, 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 I my parents say, tapayala, what, what, something that is much easier, you know. So they have already been embedded. If we look at the scope of youth in Malaysia, they are curious. They would love to know more about how to get into STEM. But because they have been uh, settled in this preconceived uh, perspective that it's difficult, they have this fear of basically uh, venturing into this uh, field. Right. So that's, that's my honest opinion. And this is actually uh, why a lot of the... Uh, uh, targeted program in terms of the mindset should start from the young because our natural inquisitive curiosity starts from the young right so when we talk about the youth how do we then look into whether they are still interested in STEM or they're not then I guess we have to take a more um, collective and attractive approach to bring them back into the interest um, uh, and and if you ask me, if I for the for the youth that I have been venturing myself with, um, a lot of them are still very much interested, but they just don't have that motivation or they don't have that extra push to continue on that hard journey.
2: Almost all children love science. Yes. Um, the great. Is, uh, secondary I mean some of them failing some of them passing very well but I can say that majority of them are very keen in doing science but when they're entering the secondary school they got uh, exposed to different kind of science oh hari problem what oh sebenarnya science is and then they just realise it oh I thought science easier but it's getting harder and harder and uh, if you write online then most of name is or probably policy makers are planning teachers and educators because employing um, somehow um, not engaging method of teaching which are partially true partially not true because uh, as an educator at least that is my friends I don't, I don't I'm not sure whether the method that we are employing so far is not attractive or engaging it is debatable. depends on the profile of the audience and depends on the preference of um of the students, But apart from the teaching method and pedagogy, I think uh, because um, we don't, we don't uh, make science uh, sexy and appealing to public. Like what would be the prospect after graduating So, in fact after SPM, what would you do
1: Out. What STEM industries are the government focusing on based on your opinion? Well, For, for, for us, um, because the highly technical uh, specialisation in terms of the advanced manufacturing, that's one of the things. So, they are focusing more on the automation, the IoT um, technology. There's also the part where biotechnology starts to come in as well, uh, agriculture which um, as much as a lot of people think it doesn't link to STEM uh, but actually agriculture right now it it goes back to STEM again because the advancement of the technology um, uh, the the, the data tracking uh, need analysis all goes back into science right so that's um, the two things and there's also the EV which also goes back into the highly advanced um, uh, manufacturing uh, technology most, most of them at the end of the day goes back into um, integrating technology or integrating the concept of data tracking which is part of mathematics and science hypothesis right uh, which is going back to STEM uh, uh, going into that economic uh, advancement route, right so if we are to look at the break, breakdown of the sixty forty actually what we're what what we're looking at is the advancement of or the the, the encouragement in terms of science technology engineering and mathematics right so it, it's not just like stem as another subject or stem as a no it's not it's essentially how do we then amalgamate this in your core of all the different uh, life theme uh, that that we're trying to do here
0: She's like yes. uh, she, Because from what You know Based on her words She's like Aku belajar kimia Takkanlah aku nak jadi Orang yang jual That was her, her Perspective you are not saying People who sell insurance Is wrong But that was her perspective So and I think there's a lot of Students who are also In that situation. They go into STEM For a certain a uh, certain course They end up Not going into that course They just take up A random course Or anything which is Randomly given by UPU uh, When I took pure chemistry I was the only student who, took, who wanted pure chemistry in my course and I'm not even lying it's not, it's not even an exaggeration because most of them just took it because the data one can only you. know it comes on under that you know so uh, offered by a government university they don't want to think about going into a private university because obviously that you know you have to think about money and stuff like that. So I think a lot of students are also in that kind of phase as well. Hmm. So um, Dr. Sharul you deal with students right? <laughs> right as a lecturer so um, what do you think?
2: Yeah, um, so retrospectively, when I was a student, so uh, the first year of my degree, I knew for sure what I'm going to be doing after that. So somehow the influence from seniors, you were very influential in the sense that they would tell us, okay, what, which pathway that you can take after your degree from chemistry. So somehow I can consider myself lucky because they were always having hindsight where I go. And uh, apart from that, um, before I took my degree also, I know uh, exactly where I'm going uh, after my graduation. Uh, unlike students these days, they are not sure. In fact, when they are in the final year, their degree, they are not really sure where they can go. For chemistry courses, I think the job is very available. Yeah, um, The chemical industry is still there and it's fact, booming. of course we got some supply chain management for the past three four years because of the pandemic but the chemical industries are still there that's from my observation at least because I visited students during their uh, uh, internship yeah so I I know that the the industry is there I'm not sure what the government is focusing on in terms of what kind of industry that we have to really uh, focus on but at least nine out of ten jobs in 2025 the most demanded jobs are time-related. I mean, think that's, that's the fact. But only 18% of all three students yes. choose science as their strength in the Four. So I think the supply and demand is not met mm-hmm. somehow. Um, well, of course, we can discuss uh, it is multifaceted the problem. It's multifactorial what people are Is it science and whatnot? But 2025 is next year. It's like <laughs> 10 yeah. months from now. And we don't have enough manpower To fill up the vacancies Yeah I'm after they're they being employed for 6 months Because they're saying that There's no job doctor, for us I say, really? I said, the job is there Probably the job doesn't want you <laughs> So you have to be highly skilled And highly employable We can we can talk about many things Like soft skills and things like that But as far as uh, time courses are uh, As are concerned in in Malaysia, I think everything is reviewed every three years and the courses that you're offered at university are probably, I must say, future-proof, at least for the next two, three years because they are still relevant. So I don't think industry is uh, rather one to three is not uh, employable. So probably something is not right with their attitude or something. But, uh, well, um, at least from my perspective, from my field, I think the industry that still there, still employing and hiring, but of course um, uh, the requirement is from higher these days because the gaji is still the same. Right? Uh, stay, I, I I can still see um, orang iklan can chemistry with one thousand eight hundred. That was my gaji twenty two years ago.
1: Uh, going going back to that, if I can chip in. STEM actually develops problem solvers and problem identifiers. So if we are expecting people to problem solve bigger problems and innovate on bigger problems and situations, we have to expect to pay them much higher and that's that's what STEM is all about, right? Yeah. So yeah, this is one of the key things that I think the current government is looking at and and I hope the corporates are looking into it seriously. On Otherwise, the brain drain is just going to continue on.
0: Moving on, we are going to start on with our individual session. First off, we will start with Miss Aina, who shares how she tries to serve the underprivileged communities um, through Tech Up Mai, and also shares a bit about the work she does in Tech Up Mai, and also how we could leverage the STEM interest among youths in Malaysia. Next off, we will have Dr. Sharon Nizam who will give his perspective as an educator and also a science communicator as on what policy stakeholders can do and also what we students should realise. Stay tuned. From the perspective of an education leader, right? How can policy make STEM careers more attractive? Or in the words of Dr. Cheryl, more sexy, right? And also more accessible to underrepresented groups, especially young people. So when we're talking about underrepresented groups here, yeah, we're just not talking about anak muda in general. But also like, you know, when you talk about levels of exposure, it also depends on your social demographic and where you're from. Maybe a student from an international school will be more equipped, right? Compared to a B40 yang di, di, di kampung. So yes, please give us here, but...
1: Okay, so when 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 I look at STEM education in Malaysia specifically, I've been in this industry for more than 15 years, right? So in Malaysia, how we actually uh, mobilize STEM, especially from a tech-up perspective, is we look at it from the three segments. The first one is actually the early interest, which what we have been doing very actively for the past five years uh, on the primary school, early years. This is basically just to give them familiarity and to basically uplift the fear of being in science, being in maths, being in robotics, being in the challenging topics, discussing about problem solving, innovation and creating and and curating your idea in terms of um, um, lessons that they do in the classroom. okay? So this is essentially because our target market, uh, as much as people think that we are actually serving private and inter- international schools, no. Um, uh, the whole reason why I started is essentially because I wanted to go on the underserved community interest for them is basically to keep on the the encouragement in terms of like hey you can do it, don't be afraid to try something new, continuously go and experience what you like right? so basically we, we latch on the joy of learning so they are happy doing it they are curious, continue doing it so that's where the primary school methodology starts to come in when it comes to secondary, you talk about niching down. This is when they start to make their own decision, right? So niching down, it can have multiple influences. You can have teacher as an influencer. You can have parents as an influencer of a pressure point or a motivator. It depends on your family ecosystem. And you can have friends as well. And now the pressure of social media and, you know, peers, right? So niching choice right now is not so sexy if you go into the secondary school everyone will laugh at you if you start to decide to go into science right so this is where um when we do it we do it on a global for everybody so it means that when we go into sekolah menengah we will basically say like no this is for all you are in arts you are in 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 specialization for arts no you gotta go and do robotics and coding for a very simple reason because they are more independent and they have to make a decision for themselves, right? So this is where I call it as a niching choice uh, for secondary. This this is the more targeted. Make it sexy. If you want to make it sexy, you make it sexy here. Don't make them laugh for you to to choose niching down on science, niching down on math, uh, or niching down on on technology, right? Then um, we go into those that is like form 4, form 5, graduate SPM uh, college students uh, this one sometimes they have already regretted their decision of not niching down in science and maths because they realise that their choices have been smaller and smaller the, the key of actually doing STEM is actually on having the choice right it's not about like I need to make that decision no it's about when you studied early you have more choices as you go further down the road because you have Started early So it's actually About having the choice To choose When you're already At, at an age Where you can make That decision So like Shaktra You you you, you see yourself Right now Right Now you start to think, Okay do I do Podcasting Do I like Do my business Do I really go Through the science You have choice You can even go Inside investment banking Because the mindset That frame What The challenge That you have gone Through the whole process That's that's the whole idea. Okay. So for this group of students, I would focus on micro credentials, bringing them back in. So meaning it's like, it's more of like industry based focus. So let's say, for example, they are interested in, in doing cloud computing, then you go into micro credentials so that they can jump to get the job that they want. So it's more of like making the job role sexy because they want to get that, that price money, which is the career that has been set.
0: I had that kind of perspective But even at 17, 18 years old I felt that Okay, to get what I really want I need to work hard To go overseas Like, like no offense to Malaysia But if I want upper yang I really want, right? If I really want to search my goals Those opportunities are not here Because we don't see that So then you, and So what you said is true We cannot tell the students Like, uh, we cannot ask the students Why they're not interested in STEM Or why they're not interested in certain things Because, you know certain opportunities that they're looking at is not there or maybe even if it's there they they don't know how they don't know they don't get that correct you know that correct signal they are not getting it so um like so i think we have what we have been discussing this whole episode is that there is a big gap right so like between the experts and the students so we cannot just like Salahkan anak muda. And I'm not saying this To defend anak muda. I mean yes I am a very proud youth But then We're not just saying this To defend the youth No we're also saying this To say that you know Some of us really want To do things up there And some of us Have certain opportunities That we want to do right But then maybe If we know that signal Or that direction Maybe just a hint You know just a little bit Of hint like Hey maybe there's a gap here Even if there's a gap here You can get to that gap Through um, joining something else to ask you about the issues that you face in your career, but um, let me phrase it this way. What are the issues that you face in your career as a lecturer and then as a science communicator?
2: Okay, thank you, Chetra. Well, actually, I prep myself answering the questions based on these two perspectives, like as an educator and also as a science communicator. But I think the uh, the most pressing issue with being uh, educating in is that we are getting less and less than number of students every year, and there are not many students are interested in doing science anymore. But we still have the programs of it. I think this is prevalent, and uh, this is I think it is common uh, at the tertiary level that we are getting less and less number of students taking science, um, technology, engineering, and you know, also. Uh, mathematics and uh, this is very uh, worrying because as science said, we need more people to be the manpower in STEM and uh, as a country that is uh, aiming to become an innovative country, innovative nations, we have to have more uh, scientists and technologies. So that's number one. Number two, I think, um, well, let's say that most people that are taking uh, STEM courses at the university are really passionate about the field. I mean, of course, you can see because uh, 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 uh think very thoroughly before taking the course, before uh, taking stand courses. So I'm sure. Then when they are doing their degree, they are really passionate and they really like science uh, courses. But I notice patient is one thing, but patience is another, because you have to be. Having certain set of uh, soft skills to complement your uh, hard skills you are learning. Like you have to have certain set of determination and resilience. Because in doing science, uh, science is hard. Yes, uh, no matter how good the teacher educator is in you know in teaching, uh, the fact that science and STEM courses are hard is undeniable. You cannot make it any way easier. So of course can be more understandable, yes, but making it easier, I don't think so. Then, um, yeah, and I think uh, saying is believing, like, uh, I mean, um, I I don't know whether this is related or not related, but uh, as I said earlier, I did science because I saw someone ahead of me doing science. Uh, I saw someone that was more, that, that I think to me, she was, or they were very successful. Like, okay, these uh, are the people that I can, you know, uh, follow their footsteps. So, oh, this is someone that I can really tanya and ask if I got start in my studies or, or what would I become after I graduate. So I think mentor or hero in life is very important. Like, uh those people are lucky some some people are lucky because their parents are scientists so they have this first hand experience saying okay well this is how scientists look like or oh, and this is uh oh this is what my mom and dad are doing uh, every day oh but and and what and then but I do I didn't have that privilege of seeing uh, you know that person experience so that's I have to find suffer your mentor you know life that I can follow so I can be a better scientist, a greater scientist. So is believing because I, we are lacking of a hero in science, mentor in science. Those people don't have to be in your immediate circle, but you have to be there somewhere. I remember when I was doing my diploma, in five something, yeah, uh, the biotech course was very very popular yes uh, to the extent uh, majority of my friends uh, we did diploma in science then uh, they did biotech for their degree but after graduating they had difficulties finding the right job walaupun mm-hmm. waktu itu kita ada dasar mm-hmm. now what i'm saying mm-hmm. is that it's okay to have uh, new dasar new policy or whatever but make sure uh, the pathway after that tu is clear mm. for, for everyone now the biotech is uh, getting interest back saya nampak biotech macam semakin hebat sekarang ni but Malaysia dah prepare dan ada kan job tu cukup adakah job tu cukup, uh, mm. job tu cukup mereka idea. yang ambil biotech huh? tu because kita boleh paksa orang tu jadi interest but after all people masih fikir nak makan apa hari ni
0: <laughs> bayar bin <laughs> macam
2: mana how to pay yeah, bills, yeah you you know, oh. after four years of struggling with your with, with chemistry, for example, and suddenly you pay them a very uh, menial gaji, and then kemudian yeah. you, you expect them, All right, this is what we're doing, is for the nation," they will not buy it. Yeah, not, what is it for? Me?
0: Okay, so yes, we had a long conversation. I hope you guys could find a very positive takeaway out of this episode. I also hope this episode was very relatable to STEM students, you know, to all of us who are struggling in our own science labs and you know, who are struggling in our own science concepts and also who feels like we don't know what we're doing. So, what do you think science? science? <laughs> so thank you so much um, to everyone for tuning in and to all the anak muda, don't forget, we also have a very special um, insight article by a dear politician who has given her time to share her insights on the STEM, um, on how STEM affects her job and also to give her suggestions on STEM policies in general and how STEM could be more beneficial to students like us. So we have YB Lim who has shared the insights and we'll be sharing her article, her interview article on our LinkedIn um, tomorrow. And we'll also be sharing an infographic of her insights on our Instagram in a bit. So yes, stay tuned for that. That is all from me and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.